Hi, and welcome to the Swan Effect Mums Coffee and Chat podcast. I'm Lynn, the host, and this week I'm talking to Patrice, and we're going to be talking about the importance of self-care and reducing the stigma of mental health in parenthood. Hi, Patrice, how are you today? Hi, I'm doing well, thank you. Good. So as you probably noticed, we've got very different accents. So where do you live at the moment? So you're in America, and I take it? Yes, um, I am in Roswell, which is just outside Atlanta, Georgia. Isn't there a program called Roswell? I remember there was a TV show called Roswell, was that? That was probably Roswell, New Mexico, about the yeah. aliens. Yeah. <laughs> That's me thinking I might know, right? <laughs> yeah. Most people know more about Atlanta. We're, we're the Delta hub, so yeah. we have a huge airport here. We're kind of towards the south. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we've managed to work out the timings. It's eight o'clock at night here and it's three o'clock there. Is that right in the afternoon? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we managed it. So who do you live with then, Patrice? So I live with my husband. We've been married, um, let's see, going on 13 years this year. And I have two sons who are six and nine. And tell us about your sons and how have you found the last 12 months as a family? So has, in the UK, we've been pretty strict with the lockdown. There's been a lot of staying at home and things like that. Um, you know, have you all managed that okay over in the USA? Yeah, we have. I mean, we've, so we've gone through some different phases here. We started out on that strict lockdown last March and then um, it lasted probably a month or so. And then we were able to kind of go back out, but you know, not everything was open. Um, now that vaccinations are being spread out everywhere, passed out, um, we're pretty much, I wouldn't say back to normal, but you know, we are wearing masks. So this is our new normal, but, um, yeah, my kids have handled it really well, honestly, surprisingly, you know, I, I, I do notice that they're affected by it. Um, but I think that they're lucky to have each other. Um, and they're, they're pretty close in age, so they get along pretty well. I will say, so they were, in March, they went to virtual school and then they didn't start back until October. And around September, um, they were, they were starting to get tired of each other. And, you know, we were, we understood why, because they really hadn't spent a whole lot of time with anyone other than each other. So, <laughs> you know, and there's that normal sibling rivalry, but it was even more intensified because they were stuck inside with each other for so long <laughs> i'm saying though you know it's it's not that it's not normal but you know in normal day to day you're not with someone 24 7 you know right. your partner your husband your children you're just not for one reason or another, they go to school or you go to work or they go to clubs and things like that it's hard isn't it to be with someone 24 7 even your bestest friend it would yeah. be a struggle for a long length of time wouldn't <laughs> it you know yes definitely so how has um, the parenting styles been? Have you had to kind of adapt it then with it being homeschooling or is it just nothing's really changed in that sense? Um, yeah, I mean, at first they were virtual and, you know, they were all online, but the teachers weren't ready for that. And so mm -hmm. I was having to do so much of it. And, and it was hard because I was going through some depression and anxiety myself, and I just was not motivated to get them to do their work, but their teachers kept trying to reassure me, you know, they were like, I promise you're doing a good job. You're doing better than 
a lot of these parents, parents that were working full time, luckily mm -hmm. I was not. So I was help, able to help them, you know, and um, they were already in a good place academically. So they haven't missed out too much, mm -hmm. but back to the parenting style. The one thing that I've really had to do is I would say lower my expectations, you know, yeah, like, like write it down. <laughs> yeah. And, and give them more freedom to, you know, I've, I've really had to let go of that control because we've all lost that this past year, you know, not knowing what's going to happen day to day. But um, I've had to give up some of that with them and let them have more technology just so I can get some writing done or um, just get a break or go get out of the house, you know, because my husband's working full time from home. And I know that if I want to go for a jog or a walk or something, they're going to have to be occupied doing something. So, you know, I used to try to give them an hour limit per day, but that's just, that's gone out the window. <laughs> you know what? I don't think you're the only parent to do no. that. I know for a fact there have been days where I've put on her favorite TV channel on loop because I just need to get things done. And I know if I put a certain program on, she won't move. She'll just be glued right. to the TV. And that's awful. I know, but like you said, I didn't, I wasn't getting any help. Nobody was coming in because nobody was coming to my house. I was on my own with a newborn baby and things, you know, we do what we do just to get by, you know, and exactly. I think a lot of parents can understand that. So you're a fellow blogger. So what is your blog, blog, blog called and what do you write about on your blog? So my blog is called Mom Life with P, P for Patrice. Um, I write mostly just about the struggles of parenting. Um, when I first became a mom, so I'm a former child therapist and I always thought that I knew what I was talking about and that, you know, I would, it would just be easy, but it wasn't. And it took me like hearing so many other people saying that they were struggling in the same ways made me feel so much better. And so my goal with my blog is to help other moms see that they're not alone. Yeah. Um, and so I have been kind of more so lately since the pandemic, writing more about my anxiety and depression and trying to be more open and honest about that. Um, because I know that just hearing that you're not the only one going through something or, you know, it really takes away so much of that pressure to be perfect. Um, you know, and you don't feel as isolated when you hear that other people are going through the same thing. I don't know why there's so much pressure that, to be perfect, because I don't know if any parent out there says you have to be perfect, like no. me, because I generally don't think any parent thinks they're perfect. I think sometimes, and I'm talking from personal experience, you see somebody's Instagram account or social media and you think, wow, their children are so tidy. Their children look so happy. Their children, they, they do so much with their family. And it's hot. You end up thinking, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough for my, and that's how I was feeling. And I remember my mum saying to me, that's a, that's a snapshot that they've put on Instagram. That's a second of their day that they have put on that Instagram page. You know, maybe two seconds after that, the child was, you know, threw something on the floor or drew on the wall or something. She says, not everyone's perfect. I found it really hard. And like you said, I kind, I wouldn't say I went to the doctors with it or anything, but I was struggling with my anxiety quite a lot during lockdown. Um, and I think that's what I wanted to do as well was make an honest mum account um, where I said, you know what? I love my children, but it's hard. And I I'm, I'm, I'm feel like I'm losing yeah. myself a little bit within that as well. Um, and I'm just always trying to balance, 
trying to Lynn and being mum and I'm always trying to figure out how to do that best way possible really but so do you speak from experience on your blogs then and if so can you tell us a little bit about what the struggles you have gone through in your life so when you say depression anxiety was that something that came about during lockdown was that something that you've always had but it you know hyphenated during the lockdown yeah I mean as long as I can remember, I've definitely had some depression and anxiety as a teenager. Um, I, you know, I had issues with confidence and, um, you know, in high school, but it wasn't really, um, I've dealt with a lot of loss in the most, the most, um, the one that probably affected me the most was my dad when I was in college. And so, Um, I think that was when I decided that I wanted to be a therapist because I wanted to help other people, but I didn't really help myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and until the lockdown, I really didn't accept that I could get help, even though I was a therapist, you know, it was kind of like, like I said before, I just thought, well, I already know what I'm doing and I know what I need to do to feel better. I just need to do it, you know, but it's not always that easy. And, um, you know, I had tried therapists going to see therapists before, just because like when I was in school, they said, you're never really going to understand how the client feels until you go to a therapist yourself. And, um, but I never really found one that I connected with. And, um, so back, actually, luckily for me, I found someone that I really like right before the pandemic. And so I'd already kind of built a relationship with her and she continued seeing me virtually while we were on lockdown. Um, and she encouraged me to start medication. And she, you know, she said, this doesn't have to be something that you take forever, but just think of it more as like a training wheels, you know, to kind of boost you so that you can do those things that you've always known you had to do. And so, um, you know, my, my biggest thing was just probably feeling like as a mom, like I was saying before, just like I had no control and just starting a lot of the grief issues came up from my childhood thinking that I I didn't know who I was going to lose, you know, from the um, COVID. So, you know, that, that was hard for me, but um, the therapist that I see does cognitive behavioral therapy. And so she teaches you how to, and I actually did this with kids when I was doing my own counseling, um, teaches you how to change your thoughts and how they're related to your behaviors. But before, First, you have to kind of understand what the thoughts are, the irrational thoughts that you're having that are leading to those, you know, behaviors that you want to change. And so they kind of all go hand in hand. Um, But those are, and then I I do blog about um, anxiety um, just because, like I said, I, I remember as long as I can just kind of being a nervous kid and always like overthinking everything and maybe have a little bit of social anxiety um but no one talked about it and I think now people are talking about it more so yeah and and I think you know I can relate to children who have anxiety and I don't want to diagnose my own kids but sometimes I do see the anxiety come out in them um you know you you had asked about the pandemic and how it's affected them they are 
doing pretty well, but there have been moments like when my youngest, my six-year-old went back to school, he at first didn't want to be in the other room without a grown-up. And so like we even had to go into the bathroom with him. And at first, you know, I was, we were just so frustrated. We're like, what's going on? You you know how to do that. You know, why can't you just go? I'm in the middle of something and you don't want him to have an accident, you know, but we finally, I finally kind of realized that he's gone back to school and there's all these new rules and um, parts to their changes, yeah, so much change. And they don't know whether or not they're going to be back tomorrow because last time they left um, in March, they didn't get to come back until October. So, you know, not on top of that, like they're hearing us talking about things. We try to shelter them from all the bad news. They hear it, you know, so. It got to the point where I remember thinking, I can't remember the last conversation I had with somebody that didn't involve the word COVID. It, I mean, talking yes. about down the line and I thought, I've got to stop this. And like, like yourself, um, I lost my dad during, uh, in July last year. He was, you know, he was 77, but um, still my dad. And um, I was heavily pregnant. And I think that just added to the mix as well. It was just such a sad time. And and then I remember my daughter wasn't sleeping very well. She was two then. And I said, she's crying in her sleep and things. And the health visitor said, just be wary of what you're saying around her because even though she's only two and she doesn't seem like she's taking things in, they're, they're like sponges, they just take it all in. You know, right. myself, I, I wouldn't cry in front of her, but there'd be times because he was poorly for a long time that someone would phone me and I'd get upset and I'd walk out of the room. She would sense that. Or, you know, um, like I said, there's lots of changes, lockdown, being with me 24-7 all of a sudden, um, my pa- you know, my dad passing away, things like that. I think kids take on a lot more emotional baggage than I ever thought. But like you said, what, years ago, I, I wouldn't even have thought like that. I just wouldn't have done. So it is good because... People are talking about it more, which means that we're thinking about it more and we're looking out for it more as well. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, you don't realize how much kids are feeling because they're so resilient. They're able to just kind of go on with their day and keep playing and laughing and, you know, but they are hearing it. It's like whenever um, they're babies and for the first like two years they're not talking and then all of a sudden they start talking and then they're just like blah, blah, blah. and you're like how did you even know that word but they've heard you say it you know yeah so definitely yeah. it's funny when they start saying things you think where'd you hear that from and you realize it's something I would say and I'm like oh gosh I'll have to be careful what I say now she's definitely picking you yeah. up so um the next one here is I've put down when you wrote to me, you mentioned that you were passionate about the importance of taking care of ourselves. Can you go into a little bit more detail about that and explain why self-care is so important? Now, just before I say this, what I tend to do on my podcast so far is the last question normally I'll say is to somebody, what to a parent, what do you do for self-care? And a lot of it's been um, exercise. One person said, I like to go on the, in the bath and watch TikTok videos. Another person said they like to have a whiskey on a Friday night and watch um, an Instagram live that goes on every week. So a lot of people do different things. But it, to me, it realized that that's what they do to switch off. But what's the importance of it, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that moms especially, I mean, not that dads aren't important, but mom is who our our kids are always looking to for help. You know, it's, I need a snack, I need a drink, I, mommy, I hurt my toe, you know, and even, even if 
dad is in the room with them, they're going to search out for us. Mm -hmm. And so I, I always think of that metaphor, you can't pour from an empty cup, mm -hmm. you know, and so you've got to take care of yourself before you can take care of your family. Um, and there, there's the, the other metaphor about the oxygen mask on the plane, you know, they, they tell you if, when you're on a plane, if you're a parent to get your own oxygen mask first before you try to get your child's on because if you run out of oxygen you can't breathe then you can't help them get theirs on so you can't take care of them you physically can't if you're not getting enough oxygen um and you know i think about like when you're stressed out your brain most people don't know this but your brain is not getting enough oxygen and that's part of the reason why you're stressed and so that's why deep breathing helps so much. But if you're just going from point A to B all day long and you're not like pausing, especially nowadays that everyone is on technology and that we're constantly on, we're always on our phones, we're always, you know, checking in with somebody. Um, even if you're just scrolling, your mind is not stopping and you're not consciously taking deep breaths and making sure that you're getting enough oxygen. Um, and, you know, especially for stay-at-home moms where you're not getting that time to yourself, I think it's just so important that you, you really have to schedule it. Yeah. And, um, you know, you talked about all the different things that people do for self-care, sorry. Um, but um, yeah, so it, it just depends on what works for you you know yeah. some people it might be watching a video or taking a bath but for other people it's just maybe it's just talking kindly to yourself mm -hmm. or saying i'm okay i'm going to be okay you know mm -hmm. um or just having confidence um or taking the time to say i'm i'm beautiful or mm -hmm. you know i'm comfortable in my own skin like those things are free and they're hard. Those are harder to do sometimes, but yeah. you know, self-care can mean so many different things. And I'm learning that as I get older, like, even if it's just five minutes, that's taking like five deep breaths. That's more than I would have if I hadn't done it. Yeah. So talk about that. It's strange. I got um, an iWatch for Christmas a couple of years ago and I had this app and it kept telling me to breathe. <laughs> yeah. why why is it telling me to breathe and it's like you said it was i think they know the every it went off every hour or every something just yeah. so, and they had rings and you went breathe breathe yes breathe in and the ring went oh it was so hypnotic it was lovely um and I th that's when i thought oh yeah i don't really think to do that very often no. and i've done mindfulness and things like that i tend to do those things when i'm feeling anxious so i don't really ever tend to do it just for self-care reasons so maybe I should really do that just don't well, need to do it I think I think that sometimes for somebody who has had depression anxiety to the point where I just like don't want to get out of bed like it's better to do those things before you get to that point yeah, you know when you are feeling good and then that's why I try to make it a habit like yeah. exercise or do something for myself every day and like I said it might it might not be a whole hour or might oh. my kid might even be in the room but I'm just kind of going away for a minute in my mind and just taking some deep breaths you know so it's more prevention rather than cure isn't it definitely yes because they don't really work when I get to the point where I'm just I mean no. they do help but they don't help as much when I'm just you, already your mind is so cloudy isn't it and you just can't yeah. concentrate on something like that so that's a really good advice
Um, you also mentioned that you're passionate about reducing the stigma of mental health. I believe mental health is being talked about more than ever now, which we've discussed, especially as more people are being honest online about their struggles, myself included. Um, I've only just recently started talking about my anxiety um, in the last few weeks, really. I've lived with it on and off for 10 years. And although I can speak openly on this account, on the, the Swan Effect Mum account, um, I still feel embarrassed to be completely open to others in my real life. So I think I know that people do listen to this and my blog. I don't know how many people I know that actually read it. I don't really put myself out there on my personal pages. Again, that's my anxiety that plays into that. I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to bump into someone in the shop and then laugh at me about it. Or, you know, it's just a confidence thing. Mm -hmm. So how do you think we can, as a society, improve this? So I'm not saying I want to walk around with a, a card saying I have anxiety because that isn't me. It isn't all me. It's just a little tiny part of my personality that sometimes creeps in. And, you know, I, and my partner knows now how to help me deal with that. How do we talk to real people, not just online, to the real people in our lives? Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me too. Like, and, and I really just started over the past year or two talking about it more openly. And I still sometimes only do it on my blog, like you yes. said. But I think it's been really eye opening for me when I do share those posts, how many people say me too? Yeah. Oh, I've felt that way too. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing because that makes me feel better that I'm not the only one. And so I think just the more you talk about it and, you know, I'm lucky that I, I have a few good friends who I know struggle with some of the same things right. and, you know, it's easy for us to talk about it, but the more you talk about it, the easier it gets. So yeah. find that one friend that, you know, you can talk to, and then it's almost like you're opening up that Pandora's box. Uh, well, you know what I mean? Like yeah, once you yeah. open it up, it's, it's easier to talk about it. And, yeah. and the more times you have a good experience with somebody who still accepts you for who you are, the more you'll realize that you can talk about it more. And I think that the more people talk about it, the more we are going to reduce the stigma. And I think also the, the policymakers and the, you know, the leaders of our countries need to talk about it more and just people who are in power or people who are celebrities are starting to talk about it more, but the more that they do, the more that will normalize it for us. You know, mm -hmm. if you can see that somebody is still successful, even though they might have bipolar disorder or mm -hmm. whatever, then that, that will help you to see, okay, if I say this, then people aren't going to think that I'm not good enough or yeah. you know, they're not going to, um, so that's just, that's my, uh, it's always going to be something that is there, especially for those of us who have anxiety, because that's just what our brains do. You know, we overthink things, but I think the more we can talk about it, the more the stigma will kind of be less and less. Um, yeah, I get, I do get that. I think for me, um, I don't know, I think maybe if I opened up more to friends and family here, um, as in physical people, um, you don't know, sometimes they might turn around and say, do you know what, Lynn, I think because I, I think it would shock a lot of people that because anxiety, people think you, but you're so confident. And I'm like, there's confidence and then there's acting confident. And I do a lot of acting confidence. So people say, oh, you go for interviews and you're really confident. No, no, I'm terrified before I open that door. Like I'm 
physically shaking inside. But then I think I want this job, so I'm going to have to act like I know what I'm doing and that I'm not scared. I just act not scared quite a lot. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know, but it works for me and that's how I get through it. And I think I just don't want people to go, no, you haven't, Lynn. No, because they think they know <laughs> who I am. And I'm going, no, I know who I am and I'm trying to tell you. And it just be all complicated. But I think right. one day, once these podcasts become more and more popular, I might go, do you know what, guys? I've been doing this for about six months now. If anyone's interested in re- listening to them, then go ahead. And if they want to listen, then they'll find out themselves. And it might open up, like you say, some doors. And some people might come to me and say, I didn't know you had that, Lynn. You know, that's what I struggle with. Or, you know, I struggle during lockdown with my children. You, know, you don't know, suppose, if you reach out. If you're honest, people might be honest back to you. Right, exactly. And and the other thing is you can share just a little bit that's not super yeah. personal. You know, like you could share that example that you just did. And that's something that is so many people have, I think. Like, so many people would say that they've been nervous before an interview, but, um, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like you can just share to the point where you're not giving your deepest, darkest secrets, the things that you would only share your, with your therapist or whoever, but you're still sharing a little bit. And and the more you work through that discomfort, the easier it gets, I think, like, like I said, but you know, um, if you don't, if you don't say it, then you'll never know. And you could make a friend or you could have a friend that is going through some of the same things and then you'll have that extra bond like I have now and if I had never shared they would have never known and we and now we actually we help each other out and if um you know we have like a code word where we'll say I'm I'm on the struggle bus and then they know that they need to tell me to reach out to my people and they need to invite me to come and go for a walk or something so you know it it helps with your support network the more you talk about it too yeah and sometimes you know once you explain it to somebody you don't necessarily don't want to talk about it every single time but you say you can have a code word and then they text you do you want to come out for a walk yeah great you don't necessarily just have to talk about why you're feeling anxious that week it's just can you just get me out of this situation I'm in now just for a change of scenery go for a walk yeah exactly so what advice would you give to parents that are feeling low stressed anxious or depressed or all of the above during these isolating times and also even though I haven't added this on sorry so isolating times but also people that are feeling anxious about coming out of the isolating times you know like we're starting to open up now and I know a lot of people have said wow I went to the park today there were so many people there I felt a bit overwhelmed and these are people that beforehand would never have said something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things, but I think, you know, for one thing, the one thing that I always say is you hear this a lot. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. It's okay to not be okay, but that doesn't mean you have to suffer, yeah. you know? Like there is help out there. And just by talking to one person, it, it gets that off of your chest and gets you out of your head. And you can usually like figure out one step forward to take to get through it. Mm. Um, because I don't, I mean, for me, when I'm stressed out or anxious, I'm just, my thoughts are going like 90 miles an hour and I'm just like making myself even worse. But once I say it out loud, it's like, oh, it's not really that bad, you know, like, so just 
just reach out to somebody. And, and if you don't have anybody, then find someone like, you know, I'm always here. I always say, even if you don't know me, you can reach out to me yeah, and I'll I do help you. Yeah. Even if I'm on the other side of the country, I can help you figure out like how to get help. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't stop. Like if you tell one person and they don't necessarily, if you don't feel better, tell someone else because yeah. maybe they are just overwhelmed too. And they don't know what to say. Yeah. And it doesn't mean they don't care, but maybe in that moment, they didn't know what to say. Um, and as far as going back out into the world, like after the pandemic, I, I remember that first time I went somewhere, I think it, w- it was just the grocery store because for several months, my husband was the only one going and I would write him a list every time, you know, but the first time I went, I just remember feeling so anxious, but the more I did it, it's just like the other things we're talking about. The more I did it, the more I felt more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also would say that almost everyone has had some sort of anxiety about what we've experienced oh, over the absolutely, past year, you know, definitely. different levels. So sometimes that helps too, just to know like, okay, this nervousness that I'm feeling right now is normal, but it's going to get, that's, I'm going to get through it and it's going to get easier. Um, and as long as you're like doing the things that you're supposed to be doing to be careful, I mean, I'm not going to say that you won't get sick or whatever, but you know, you're not, you're not going to be mentally healthy if you're staying home forever. And so your mental health is just as important as your physical health. And, you know, sometimes even more. Definitely. Gosh, definitely. definitely. (laughs) So if a parent listening is worried about their child's mental health as a result of this lockdown and pandemic, what suggestions can you give to help them communicate and get their child to open up? So there's one activity that I do with my kids a lot, um, and it's on my blog. I think the name of the blog about it is about dealing with um, losing a pet, because I did it with them when we lost our dog a couple, well, it was last year, but it's called Color Your Heart, and it's so simple. All you do is you draw a heart, and then you write down the feelings that you're having, and you color in um, next to the feeling what color that feeling is so like for example mad or angry might be red happy might be yellow but it's whatever you think so it's whatever um that your child thinks and then you fill in the heart to show what feelings you're having so if I'm really happy right now I'm going to put in a bunch of yellow or whatever color I made for happy and then when you look at the heart it'll show someone else what you're feeling and and it as they're doing it I love to do art. And so I'm not really a good artist, but I'm learning as I'm getting older that, you know, it's not about the product. It's more about the process, but I do art with my kids a lot because it, it helps them relax and they forget that they don't realize that I'm asking them questions or that I'm trying to get them to talk about their feelings. They're just kind of drawing or whatever. Another one that I did um, with my kids, as I said, what, what, if you could um, make, if you could, if your worries were a monster, what would they look like? Um, And so my oldest son, he didn't want me to share it, but he drew something that I had no idea that he was worried about. And it was related to um, how we had lost our dog. Um, and, And then he just told me about it and he got really upset, but it was a good thing because yeah, 
I didn't know. And then my younger son, he didn't feel like drawing it at the time, but he eventually told me that he was afraid of bugs. And then we just kind of like, I was like, huh, okay. And the more we talked about it, you know, like later on in the day, I said, well, you know, Taekwondo, you can, you can um, karate chop that bug or you can kick it or whatever. You're so much bigger than it. And I tried to try, you know, empower him um, to face his fears. But I think, you know, um, being in the pandemic and just, well, one thing I would say is take some time to just be with your kid and play with them. I mean, it's, it's so hard to do, but children's words are their children talk. They, they communicate through their play to a certain age and just go in the playroom with them, put your phone away and all your distractions set a timer for 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be long and just pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. And you will see more than you realize, than you expect. Um, for older kids, it's harder because, you know, they're not playing. Um, there, it just depends on the relationship. And I would say maybe there's another adult in their life that you can kind of yeah. suggest call to check on them or mm-hmm. you can have them write in a journal or they can they can also color or you know draw a picture of how they're feeling and they might not want you to look at it but that's okay like they're still getting it out yeah um if you really don't know what to do i always say the first point of contact would be your doctor your child's doctor um the pediatrician is what we call it here but um you know, because they can tell you whether or not what your child is experiencing is normal. Mm -hmm. And then if they think, you know, they might need more help, then they can usually give you some resources. So that's it. Because I mean, you know, having some anxiety, having some worries, having some quiet time and things like that it's it's normal everybody has that so it's not a case of going oh gosh you know I think my child's got these issues it's sometimes it's just like you said sitting down playing with them getting them to open up while they're playing to the point where they don't even realize that they're opening up you know um like they don't even know they're talking about things they're just the subconscious is coming out I suppose and then you can make that judgment yourself it could be something that oh, somebody in the park today was mean to me, you know, and they go, well, that's fine. You can start giving them, and that could have really worried them that day, but you give them a bit of advice and they're fine again, aren't they? Right, exactly. And, you know, sometimes just knowing, like, that somebody heard you and that somebody, yeah. that like, you were able to say how you felt can be really, can really relieve a that lot helped. of that. Yeah, that someone's listened to you. Yeah, yeah exactly. So my last question, um, you write a lot of blogs giving advice to parents, but which would you choose as the number one blog to visit for parents if they were to visit your website? What's the best piece of advice you provide in your honest opinion? Um, hard this one, isn't it? That I, don't know really hard I, one. I know, I'm thinking of so many different ones, but for me, um, the one that I wrote recently called my anxious life where I talk about my anxiety mm-hmm. that one resonated it seems like with the most people yeah. um and you know I had so many people that came to me after that and said wow I didn't know that you had anxiety and you know I've had some struggles with that too and then they were able to see like they weren't the only 
one. And I, I just kind of talk about like how that changed when I became a mom and a lot of the things that I worry about. And um, I also talked a little bit about some of the things that I, you know, do to help whenever I'm starting to feel anxious. So I would say that that would probably be my number one, <laughs> but you know, there's just, it all depends on what you're looking for. Um, yeah, what's the resonate with you? So, so let's just do another plug then. So if anyone wants to look at your website and your blog or to talk to you, which I'm, I'm sure you're quite happy if someone's listening now and feels like they want to have a chat with you or just message you, is that okay? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So my blog is Mom Life with P. And then if you go on my website, I do have a um a contact me field on there. And then on my social media, it's all Mom Life with P. So you can find me on Instagram or Facebook also. And that's just the letter P, isn't it? Mom yes. Life with P. Yeah. So that's fine. If yeah. anyone wants to reach out to Patrice, then you know, please do. Um, I I think every guest I have every week has said, you know, they're quite happy for people to message them and talk. And as we said, you know, there's people that feel like maybe they can't talk to friends, family, face to face. They're not quite there yet with the confidence to do that. Then, you know, reach out to people like ourselves. That's why I joined the mum, mum accounts, I suppose, the mum community online. Um, there's yeah. always someone going through what you're going through. And there's always someone that you can support as well, which makes you feel better because you've given advice to someone as well. You know, it's, it works both ways, right. I think, definitely. Yes, it really does. I mean, that's that's one of the things I talk about in my blog is helping other people. That has always been um, like uh, energizing for me, you know? You feel Just, useful. You feel yeah. useful, you know, and I, everyone wants to feel useful. You know, it's right. a nice thing. You know, you've made someone's day. They've said, thank you so much. You know, I, I thought it was just me. And you say, no, definitely not. And, um, you know, I've made some friends by doing this, you know. Um, yes. It's lovely. So go online and speak to somebody. If, it, if you don't want to speak to me, the reverse, just reach out to somebody. People are so lovely online. Um, and that's why they're there because they want to get themselves out there. They want people to speak to them and they want to share their experiences. So please don't feel like you're invading their privacy because you're not, you know, the whole purpose is they've got public accounts because they want to help people for sure, I think. Right, absolutely. And you never know if I've been through something and found something that helped me that you hadn't thought of, you know? And so I can kind of just say, well, when that happened to me, we did this and it helped you know so that's another reason to reach out because if you don't then you won't know no and there's nothing wrong with struggling whether no. it's parenthood because we're talking about that now motherhood or fatherhood there's no shame in it whatsoever and that's the main point I think we're getting across this week is that just open up to somebody and speak to them because more times than not people are going to be struggling just as much have been throughout especially in the last 12 months I think everyone like you said has experienced some sort of anxiety depression whatever you know I think everyone I've spoke to has been affected some way or another right and you know another thing to think about is if somebody really cares about you if they're a real friend they're not going to judge you and they're going to want you to talk to them because they don't want you to suffer and so that's kind of an a, a way to work through some of that anxiety about reaching out definitely definitely oh well it's been really interesting talking to you Patrice thank you so much for chatting 
Yeah, thank you so much for this opportunity. No, it's really. been lovely. I'm so glad. I, I, I can't. Be, I still can't believe I've got people from abroad that have messaged to be on my little podcast, which is great. You know, yeah. yeah I, I just, love how this brings us all together. Yeah, abs- and this is what I mean. Absolutely, put yourself out there, and people will get in touch. And you know, that's how you make new friends and you meet people and you learn all these different new topics that I cover every week. It's just been so interesting. But yeah, if anyone wants to read your blog, then obviously we've given you the details there. If you want to contact myself about anything, then please do by my website as well. Um, And yeah, we'll be in touch back with you as soon as we can. I hope this has been interesting for everyone listening. And please obviously do get in touch if there's any questions. You're not alone and many people are going from what you're going through. And if we can help, we will. Thanks very much. And uh, we'll speak soon, Patrice. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, now, bye. to be a guest in the show please get in touch we're looking for unique stories that will help and benefit any parents listening thanks for listening if you've enjoyed today's episode please hit subscribe and follow me on facebook twitter instagram and pinterest or visit my website www.theswaneffectmum.com Thank you.